0: And the Lord be with you And and grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord Christ calls us to worship in this season following Pentecost as we witness to the growth of the early church and as we share in that growth now it is a joy to be with you to welcome each of you here especially those who may be visiting we are blessed by the presence of our guests in this time of worship and pray that we all know God's blessing, and just a reminder as well that we find registration pads near us, and it's just of help to us to have you sign those pads that we know you share with us in worship. It is helpful that we are attentive to opportunities that are before us as well. Uh, Still the invitation there to support the ministry of the Lunch Bunch, reminder of staff parish meeting and mission meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Uh, Grateful for the kind and gracious words there of Doris Falls. We, We need to Share in those words, reminding us of the importance of this community of faith and how we are of help uh, to those in need, and so we're grateful for the witness of Doris that is before us. Reminder as well of the organ recital that is approaching on July the 28th, Jill Gardner will present as part of the four Sundays at four. A reception is to follow that recital and the invitation before us to share in that reception. Uh, I've gotten some comments and curiosity regarding the shirt. Uh, as I wear it this morning. Uh, It is a, and and so that's a sign it's working. Uh, Because for the first time, First United Methodist is involved in the back to school ministry. It's a ministry that has been strong and of blessing to many in this community. A ministry that has invited the participation and support of many churches in this community. So we are participating, those of us who are volunteering for the efforts of the back-to-school ministry are invited uh, on this Sunday in particular. So I, along with Winston, for example, and and other churches in this community are sporting the back-to-school shirt. Uh, There are opportunities to support this by way of volunteer efforts. You see some boxes and receptacles around the church inviting your contributions in support of this ministry, all leading up to the big weekend of August 3rd as the efforts culminate. And again, in support of of the welfare of this community and blessing many children and families in need in this community. So thank you for your prayers and your support and your efforts as part of this vital ministry. I invite us to prepare to worship God together. Thank you, Beth. Our call to worship is before us. I invite us to stand. We are called together this day to praise God. The Lord will walk with us as we faithfully witness to Christ's love. Come, let us worship God. I invite us to go to God as we pray our opening prayer before us. Gracious God, mend our brokenness and our sadness. Give us the spirit of joy and enthusiasm as we serve you by serving others. Lift us and place us on your pathways of peace and hope that with our lives we will witness to your redeeming love. Amen. We share the word of God first as it comes to us from the 66th Psalm, verses one through nine, and we will hear elements of joy spoken in this Psalm that will anticipate the joyous response of those whom Jesus sends out for the work of the kingdom of God when we come to the Gospel of Luke. Before hearing the word, first we pray. Lord, by your word, all that is comes into being. By your word, we are stirred awake this morning. By your word, we are filled with your spirit. By your word, we are fed and satisfied. And by your word, we are sent for your sake. We give you thanks for your word, O Lord. Open our ears that we would hear. Amen. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name, give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how terrible are thy deeds, so great is thy power that thy enemies cringe before thee. All the earth worships thee, they sing praises to thee, sing praises to thy name. Come and see what God has done. He is terrible in his deeds among men. He turned the sea into dry land, men passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him, who rules by his might forever and ever, who keeps, whose eyes keep watch on the nations, let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. This is the word of our Lord. We stand and sing. anticipate the feast set before us from the gospel of Luke we hear the word of our Lord after this the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to come and he said to them the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and salute no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace shall rest upon him, but if not, it shall return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. He who hears you, hears me. And he who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The seventy returned with joy This is the word of our Lord. Well, those of us who are fans of the Andy Griffith show of the 1960s may remember an episode in which the mechanic, Gomer Pyle, is fired from his job at Wally's filling station in pursuit of a new job. Gomer stops by the sheriff's office one day to speak with Andy. At the end of their conversation, as Gomer gets up to leave, Andy asks Gomer how his search for a new job is going. Gomer replies, I'm going over to the market now. They're advertising for an experienced butcher. Surprised, Andy asks, you know anything about cutting meat? Reaching for the door, Gomer stops, looks back, says, You think they'll ask me that? (laughs) Qualifications matter, don't they? A certain skill set matters. Lacking such qualifications, lacking such skills for the job at hand, may mean we find ourselves in an uncomfortable, even frightening circumstance. Over the course of many years, I enjoyed playing church league softball. I considered myself a pretty decent player, contributing to the success of the teams on which I played. I looked forward to those weeknights when we played our games. Still, I remember being stunned the evening when, during pre-game warm-ups, our coach said to me, Keith, you're playing third base. It had been a long time since I had played third base. I was accustomed to playing Second base, which was closer to first base, made for shorter throws on my putouts. Second base was also further away from whatever hulking batter was standing at home plate. Sometimes I would be the catcher for our team. I was okay with that, though I did not crouch well and still don't crouch well. But the coach says to me, you're playing third base. I say to my associate pastor, pray for me, I'm playing third base. Our defense took the field. I found my place at third base. Home plate looked to be about, oh, maybe five feet away. My glove looked way too small. I was uncomfortable, unsure about my qualifications to play third base. Qualifications matter. We have a certain job we want done, certain responsibilities we want handled. We want whoever handles the job, the responsibilities, to have that skill set by which to do so. In recent years, as we have brought new staff members here to First Church, we have had certain qualifications we've asked the applicants to meet. The same practice applies in the corporate world, in the academic world, So we may find it odd this morning to discover Jesus appears not to employ this same practice of abiding by certain qualifications, requisite skill sets in order to get the job done. We heard from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus appoints 70. He sends these 70 ahead of him, in pairs, into every town and place he is to visit. Go your way, he tells them. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace, be to this house. Eat what is set before you, heal the sick, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The 70 return from the job Jesus has assigned them. They return with joy. Say to Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus tells them, Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. An amazing story. Jesus appoints 70 to go ahead of him to prepare the way to share in the proclamation of the kingdom of God. This is important work. It's work of great consequence. Work impacting the lives of many in powerful, life-changing ways. Heal the sick tread upon serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. They are appointed to do the same work Jesus does, and they return with joy, saying to Jesus, It works! So we ask, where are their qualifications to do this work? We read the scripture, and we are not told one word about the qualifications of the 70. We're told nothing of their gifts. We're told nothing of prior experience, told nothing about whether they're male or female, told nothing about their race or about their ethnicity. We're told nothing of any income level, told nothing about academic achievement, glowing resumes, credentials, pedigree. All of these qualifications to which we are inclined to give great worth, we're told nothing about any of this. We are also told nothing of any particular training for the work Jesus assigns to these people, told nothing of any orientation regarding the ministry Jesus entrusts to them, not told of any doctrine or beliefs they have to hold in order to be sent by Jesus. All we are told, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them one ahead of him. Now yes, I, I embrace the joy of this story and I embrace and celebrate the success of the 70. Their celebration of sharing so personally in the work of the kingdom of God. But I confess, I also feel some confusion, if not resentment, here. You see, I had to work long and hard in order to become an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. Even after receiving a Master of Divinity degree, I spent years of probation before being ordained as an elder received this stole upon my ordination as an elder. Even now, I have to meet continuing education requirements established by the United Methodist Church in order to remain in good standing with the church. Even now, I still meet with the staff parish relations committee annually in order to critique those areas in which I need to tend so as to become a more effective pastor. And then I look at the scripture this morning. Nothing about one's views of the sacrament. Nothing about one's doctrine. No interviews required before the board of ordained ministry. Not even a time of probation. Just this. He appointed them and sent them. And that, according to our scripture, is enough. Oh, can that be so? Well, remember now, remember, we heard Jesus say to those he sent, I have given you authority. Now it is important that you and I know that, biblically speaking, authority is not something simply arising from within us. Authority does not arise in and of itself. Authority is not generated naturally or organically. Not at all. Biblically speaking, authority is given. It is conferred by another. So those whom Jesus sends are able to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy not because of any qualifications on their part, but because of authority entrusted to them by Jesus. This authority is sufficient to empower us to share in his saving work. It is sufficient to guarantee that you and I even now share in his feast of victory. In other words, it may be The only qualification we carry to share in the work of God is the fact God has called us. The only qualification we carry to share in the work of God's kingdom is the authority that he trusts to us. And we are reminded powerfully this morning that despite any lack of qualification on our part, God still sets a place at his table for every one of us. We are the ones God calls to share in his feast of victory. We are those who share in the the joy experienced by those sent by Jesus, the ones who return to Jesus and say to him, Lord, it works. Despite any lack of qualification, Jesus calls them, gives them authority they share in the very same work of jesus they share in his feast of victory now this is an experience that i believe is captured in wonderful fashion by the folk trio peter paul and mary in the 1980s peter paul and Mary sang a song titled right field It is a song voiced by a little league baseball player, a player who is not too sure about his skills, and he sings to us. Saturday summers when I was a kid, we'd run to the schoolyard and here's what we did. We'd pick out the captains and choose up the teams. It was always a measure of my self-esteem Cause the fastest, the strongest played shortstop, and first, the last ones they picked were the worst. I need, never needed to ask, it was sealed. I just took up my place in right field. Playing right field, it's easy, you know, you can be awkward and you can be slow. That's why I'm here in right field just watching the dandelions grow. Playing right field can be lonely and dull. Little leagues never have lefties who pull. I would a dream of the day they hit one my way and they never did, but still I would pray that I'd make a fantastic catch on the run and not lose the ball in the sun. And then I'd awake from this long reverie and pray that the ball never came out to me. Here in right field, it's easy, you know, you can be awkward and You can be slow, that's why I'm here in right field, just watching the dandelions grow. Off in the distance, the game's dragging on, there's strikes on the batters, some runners are on. I don't know the inning, I've forgotten the score, the whole team is yelling, and I don't know what for. Then suddenly everyone's looking at me, my mind has been wondering what could it be. They point at the sky and I look up above, and a baseball falls into my glove. And this is where you cheer, shamelessly, yes. As a... Here in right field, it's easy, you know. You've got to know how to catch. You've got to know how to throw. That's why I'm here in right field and just watching the dandelions grow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You see, they returned with joy. It works. Despite any lack of qualifications, despite doing something they've never done before, despite playing a position they've not played before. It works. They win. They share in the work of the victorious kingdom of God. Because God does not lose. He's enough to guarantee victory. Simply by his word, simply by his call, simply by his sending of us. Remember, he entrusts to us his authority. He qualifies us to share in his work. It begins with him. He is sufficient, He is enough, here we who are appointed and sent share in his feast of victory, amen. We stand and we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed number 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The the day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. And I invite us at this time into a time of prayer. It is a responsive time of prayer. We know it's the prayers of the people. We are called to be a community of faith that prays without ceasing, that asks, seeks, and knocks. So we gather in prayer, and I will offer petitions of prayer, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and inviting from you the response, hear our prayer, and inviting from you those concerns that may be upon your heart as we gather in worship. We go to God as we pray. Lord, just as we are, you call us, you qualify us, you speak to us your word, you send us, and you assure us you are with us always. You are a God who has already secured for us victory through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And you call us to share in your saving work, to know your victory Help us, Lord, to hear again your call. Help us again to respond faithfully and obediently. And help us to be those who share in the joy and celebration of your salvation for all you have made. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we ask that you hear us as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear us as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. For the Back to School Mission Project. Lord, in your mercy. Here is Lord as we pray for your world, its peoples and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear us as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. For Bishop Weaver, Bishop Lewis, Denise Bates, Vacation Bible School and other ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, hear our voices joined with yours, with those of your saints, as they proclaim your word and as they find their place at your table. All of this knowing that we share in the victory of Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Our prayer of confession is before us. We offer these words of confession with the assurance of God's forgiveness. Let us pray. O God, we know that Jesus sent out his disciples without purse, luggage, or sandals All too often, we find ourselves clinging to possessions we don't need, looking for safety by avoiding risk and bearing heavy burdens that slow us down. Forgive us for our reluctance to travel lightly and heal us of our pain and guilt. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we hear this good news, that Christ died for us while we were sinners, that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God, and let us welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. We will find our places and invite our ushers to come forward. worship God with his tithes and our offerings as our ushers come forward. Let us pray lord we pray for daily bread you give us living bread and all things to sustain us we give you thanks as we are blessed beyond measure we return these gifts to you that you may be glorified and that your name be praised throughout all the earth amen Be seated. We are a people of memory. We are a people called to obedience. Jesus said, Remember and do this in remembrance of me. So we remember and we obey as we gather and prepare for the Lord's Supper. I'll invite you to follow along with the responses as they are before you. There are three responses that is invited, uh, that are invited from you. These will be sung responses, and so we have choir members who are among us, and Beth that will be playing the piano. We're fortunate to have her there. And again, we're invited to sing those responses as we approach them. Uh, the prayer of Great Thanksgiving is before you, beginning on page 9 in your hymnals. I invite you to follow along, and you may know that the prayer of thanksgiving as I offer will differ slightly because it is very appropriate to the season following Pentecost. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation Neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. And blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and to death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. The night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, take, eat, In remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith.
1: Christ has died. Christ is Christ will come again, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. Pour out
0: your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. And glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. confidence that we have as children of God, we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and to deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, Now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord to which each of you is invited. First, as you come forward down the center aisle, you will notice a mission box on each side of the aisle, this being the first Sunday of the month, Communion Sunday. We invite you to support the mission ministries of First Church by way of your contributions to these boxes, and we thank you for supporting these ministries. There will be two stations here, and as you come forward, you will receive a portion of the bread. You're invited to then dip that bread into the cup that is held before you And then as you depart, we invite you as you feel led to kneel for a word of prayer here at the communion rail as well. So please, come to the table of our Lord. I invite us to share in the prayer with which we conclude the Lord's Supper. That prayer is before us. We go to God as we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We stand as we share our closing hymn. From where I stand, I see those who are qualified to be sent to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because to you is given authority in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.